0: Yo! 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 The Process is Black and White, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a entrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin.
1: Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. Big episode today, man. Big episode. Um, you know, it's it's January 17th. It's the what's that? Second Monday of of the month, which right? Second Monday, yeah. Second Monday of the month, yeah. Uh, which marks a, a huge day, uh, MLK Day. You know, it's the national holiday that uh, remembers Martin Luther Doctor Doctor Martin Luther King. And uh, it's only right that, that we start the show off um, with our code open being about, you know, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King himself, man. Uh, I'll give you the floor. What What is your takeaway on MLK Day? What do you do? How do you celebrate? What's your takeaway? Uh, probably I don't
2: do anything to celebrate, like, traditionally or anything like that, you know. Um, I will say that every, every year that goes by, there's always a bunch of, you know, stories show up in the news, like, you know, uh, articles and stuff about Martin Luther King. And I read them and he is an intensely interesting man. Um. So I've sort of always enjoyed those as they come by, but I, I don't like, I don't necessarily mark it as a holiday. Um, I will say this. One of the things that's been interesting is in the last five years, Either the news has covered it or I've become aware of it, either or, Um, but you'll be reading an article and they'll be like, what was the, at the time of his death, what was the average approval rating of Martin Luther King, (laughs) you know, um, like by an average American, like what was the American's approval ratings of Dr. Martin Luther King? And they were like, low, very, very low, Um, you know, so it was... 34% 34% approve, right? 60-something percent disapprove of Martin Luther King. And then it's very interesting to see the the sort of transition where now we all get to appreciate this guy for everything that he stood for. And it's... I don't know. It's, it's very interesting to think that like now we all appreciate him. But at the time, he was not, uh, he was not beloved when he was killed, right? He was, uh, he was a radical. He was a reformer. He was, he was so outrageous that people really disliked him. And now in hindsight, we go, man, this guy had a great vision. So I don't necessarily know like if I mark the holiday in any way. But I would say the biggest change for me or the thing that I've taken away in the last few years is like a kind of a, a more whole picture of the time that he lived in. It's often treated like it's ancient history, you know? And, and it's just not, it's just like just a few years ago. <laughs> like it's it's very recent history. And uh, and man, we I would say that on the whole, we had the view of Martin Luther King that was wrong, right? We we dis, we disliked him wholly as a as a group as a people, um, and man, you know that that's that's a shame. It would be it'd be nice if we were able to reflect on people that maybe you know you disagree with or agree with or whatever, um, and see them kind of as a whole person and listen to their message rather than, you know, be offended or whatever, you know. I I don't know exactly why people well, I kind of know why people disliked him. Right? He, the things he stood for were not necessarily some of them are still unpopular. But um you know, it's uh I don't know, we we can as a group, it's very easy for us all to get it wrong. So, that's what I try to take away from Dr. Martin Luther King. So, what about you?
1: Well, you know, it, it, for me, um, I guess there's not anything that we do every year that we celebrate, you know, as like a tradition. Um, it kind of varies. It kind of varies. I think um, usually always there's a conversation with our children, you know, just an, an understanding of what this day represents, the importance of it, the history of Dr. Martin Luther King um, is what we talked about, but like, you know, as a as a person of color and as someone who, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King was, you know, avidly fighting for, you know, the rights of, um, I feel like, you know, this day is kind of like a, a, another day with maybe a little more reflection, but, I spend every day kind of thinking Dr. Martin Luther King and all the other civil rights activists and, and everyone from that movement in that time, you know, I romanticize about that era, you know, often, you know, myself, whether it comes down to the music, you know, whether it comes down to. Dr. Martin King, Malcolm X and and Megathers and and you know those guys from that time that, that were really out front fighting, you know, um Fred Hammond or you know uh Fred Hampton, you know, you know Black Power, you know the Black Panther movement like all of it. I think the 60s uh, are like one of the times that I feel like as a as a race of people we were like at our strongest, man you know and i and i look at that i look at that time and i romanticize about it i'm always like man just just how you know how much those people at that time sacrificed you know ali and and you know his stance on on vietnam and risking his life and his livelihood to be able to stand up and say no um that's it's just a different time it's a time that like so yes dr martin luther king is huge in some in someone on this day that I do reflect about, but all year round I'm constantly just enamored by the 1960s and what that decade was like. You know, I I, I often listen to uh, "Strange Fruit," Billie Holiday, "Saint Strange Fruit." Um, you know, and I love the story of it. It, it it speaks to that era where like, here's this poem, you know, written by this Jewish guy who visited the South and like saw this lynching. And then somebody, you know, like gets a hold of it and it goes, wow, this poem is, is incredible. Let's make a song out of it. And they pitch it to Billie Holiday to sing. And first of all, the lyrics are like. Incredible it gives me chills when I listen to the song often. But it all it speaks to the 60s. Like this, these group of people who are just fearless, man. Like fearless. The strength of the 60s. Dr. Martin Luther King is a big part of it, but the strengths of the 1960s, like I guess that would be like late 50s, um, and through the 60s. That strength is crazy, man. it, it I admire it. And you know, as we talk about Dr. Martin Luther King. Right now, ABC is running a special um, uh, Women of the Movement, which is, talks about um, um, the um, Emmett Till story.
2: Sure.
1: You know, and, and it basically...
2: that's Isn't that the saddest? God, that story breaks my heart.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it goes through the story of what his mother went through. So it kind of like the the whole documentary starts when basically like he goes down South and it tells those story, a little background of the Chicago and, and, and the, you know, the big race movement to Chicago blacks getting out of the South and all of that. And it tells a little bit of that story, but the, but the documentary literally really begins after Emmett Till's death. And it takes you through all the decisions that his mother had to make in order to like, provoke change throughout the country and it, it's it's really well done you know here he goes again will smith and jay-z are executive producers together on the show and that you know that's pretty awesome but the, the way they tell a story it, you know it's incredible it's, and then they do this documentary um after the ep, each episode and they actually tell more they go to like historians of that time and like of Chicago because a lot of it took place in Chicago. So there's yeah, this history behind the Emmett Till story that you know you kind of you don't really get to hear this in-depth breakdown from this from the historians of the story, and they go and they give you that breakdown and it's it's pretty awesome. They talk to like his cousin who was sleeping in the bed next to him when he when he was taken that night and his cousin. Gives a breakdown of everything that went down. It's pretty, it's wild. It is wild. And the bring it full circle. That's the type of stuff that I think about, but I think about it all year round and I try to do something, you know, all year round. I try to live my life in an honorable way to people like Dr. Martin Luther King being fearless, not having limitations because that's what he was fighting for. You know, that that's true equality where you don't have any more limitations than anyone else has, you know, that is born into this world. And that's what he was fighting for. And at that time there were limitations, you know, and, and, you know, so I honor him every day, me personally, you know, so yeah, man. Yeah.
2: That's a, it's a pretty great take. You know, we, the, the book that we're reading right now is uh pretty limitations focus, right? We, we mm-hmm. just started the alchemist. We did part, one um first fiction book for the podcast first uh first time that we're we're doing something that's that's more I don't, you know just just purely a, a story with you know stuff that you can read into it and it's more interpretive less a little less business a little less like fact focused uh what what's your impression of the alchemist so far
1: so um it's my type of book it's kind of, kind of reminds me of the conversations we have before we start the show. Um, it's very purpose driven, you know. It it very much talks about life in in a way that I kind of view it, you know, where it's like it's all about decisions. It's all about learning. It's all about understanding that in life there's ups, there's downs, you know, there's sacrifice. You know, so I go back to one of the, one of the parts in the book so far. And, and, you know, the first part of it that I take away is um, he's talking to the boy. And they don't, it's funny, they call him the boy through the whole, pretty much the whole book. Um, they don't really use his name that often. In fact, I don't even remember his name because um, they call him the boy through the whole book. But the boy who the story's about, um, he's having a moment with his dad and he's talking to his dad about, you know, wanting to see the world and his dad goes well what do you mean you want to see the world you know you're in school to become i believe a priest at the time which is like in the way the story's written that's like being the president today you know what i mean like that's like that is a that's like being a king or he he's going to school to be one of the most highly regarded professions at that time and he's doing quite well he you know his dad's telling him like this you know, you just keep doing what you're doing and you're going to live a life that I I, I couldn't have imagined living. I believe his parents were farmers. I believe is what they were. I think I'm pretty sure they were formers. So, which is like a middle of the road, I guess, career at that time. So he was actually about to move the family forward in their growth. He was on his way to like, take the family to the next level. And in that moment, he says to his dad, I want to travel. His dad's like, well, you're about to be a priest. Priests don't travel. And he's like, But I want to travel. He said, Well, only people that travel are uh uh sheep herders, right? Is that what they call that? Or uh what do they call it? Shepherds. That's what it is, shepherds. Only people that travel are shepherds. And so he goes, I want to be a shepherd. Now keep in mind in the story, shepherds is like it's like being no offense Just to like, down. yeah, it's a step down. It's even below what his dad is. Yep. You know what I mean? It's even below what his dad is. And he goes, Well. I don't care. I'm going to be a shepherd because I want to travel, Shepherds travel. So I'm choosing my happiness to travel. So he goes to be a shepherd. Um, and it's just like, to me, it's like, wow, like that, that's the, that's a very good lesson in life is like, do what makes you happy. And a lot of what this story is about is about these decisions that like, go do what makes you happy, but also it still isn't that easy. You know what I mean? Like, like it's even, even though you're doing what makes you, it still is not that easy. So, you know, there, there is going to be challenges no matter what your decision you make and you need to be ready for those, you know, and accept yeah, them.
2: One of the things that I found was like challenging for the first part of the book and you know, I'm, I'm reading it at, at a part of my life where really the, the focus of my personal life is continued growth and 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 you know all all that stuff there's definitely like personal goals but really i'm like pretty genuine i've been so lucky and fortunate but also worked hard to get to where i'm where i'm at and i'm truly enjoying where i'm at right and so i'm listening to this story of the boy and he's talking about how he knows the sheep and you know he he knows which sheep behave which way, and if he needs to to find the new road, all he needs to do is let the sheep lead the way for a little while, and he'll find a new way. And and this like existence that he's got sounds in in a little bit, you know, it is a, I'm stretching here, but like feels a little bit like mine. Like my life is super good. It's like I just need to keep letting it find its way, and I'm I'm in I'm in this mode right now. And then he's. And he encounters the old the old man, and he's like looking for treasure. And I'm like, bro. You have the treasure right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what are you looking for treasure for? The treasure's right there. So I definitely found that um, hard because he's he already had it. You know, he had this life that was, you know, everything he he had hoped and dreamed, and he was living it. And I so I'm interested to see what happens in part two from that perspective because, you know, the story remains interesting. And there's a lot of, like, I think important sort of uh, lessons and, you know, stuff like that. But, man, I really – I was like, bro, you, you, you're you sleeping out under the stars every night. You're with your sheep. You like your sheep. You feel like you communicate with them. You're happy, yeah. you know.
1: Well, here's here's where – Here's where his dilemma comes: is he wants to marry to the uh, what? It's the priest's baker's, daughter, baker's right? Daughter. No, the Baker. baker's daughter. Yeah. yeah, he wants to marry the baker's daughter. So, what I took out of it, it's funny that around the time everything's going good, he's traveling, he meets the baker's daughter. Once he meets the baker's daughter, that's also around the time where he starts to have the dream. Of the, of the, the, uh, what did it call the, the treasure? Yeah, exactly. He starts to have the dream of the treasure. It like correlates. They're like, he meets the baker's daughter and all of a sudden he's dreaming of this treasure. And in his mind, to me, what I interpreted as is realizing that he might not be good enough as a shepherd and, and in his mind, in order to be able to marry the baker's daughter, he 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 doesn't want to be a priest. So at this point he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Well, I want to still travel. Maybe if I get the treasure, I can now marry the the baker's daughter and still go travel. Man. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it, like that's what I interpreted it as and it and cuz it's so funny it keeps coming up in the story. Like when he's talking to the wise old man and the wise old man tells him, you know, uh um you know, a baker's Baker is not going to let his daughter marry a shepherd or you know, a shepherd can't marry a Baker's daughter. You know what I mean? And it, it keeps coming up and he keeps talking about this thought of, you know, I'll never be able to, maybe if I get that sword, the Baker's daughter, you know, might be interested in, you know, like all of these things in his mind is basically like leading him back to being able to marry this Baker's daughter.
2: Yeah, it definitely seems like that's sort of a the you know, the foreshadowing is there for that to be the yeah, next yeah, yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. You know. Um I don't know. I, I guess maybe because in hindsight I look back and I go, like, man, these there were these moments in my life that I should have stopped and enjoyed. <laughs> you know, that that now that now that that's a very much a focus of my life, I'm I'm like sad for the boy for for meeting the baker's daughter and not just being like Hey, this is who I am, and this is. Remember, he says he says. That's the lesson. He's afraid to tell her. Yeah, that's that, but that's the, the lesson. That he, yeah,
1: that's the lesson that's coming for sure.
2: <laughs> that's
1: well, the I, mean, lesson I, I hope it is. I don't know what the, I don't know what the actual yeah. lesson is. I mean, yet. it's clear. It's it, it, that's the lesson because he had his moment. He might not even see the Baker's daughter again. Yeah. You know. It, 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 well, I mean, I'm sure he is because you know it's part of the book. But. uh, yeah, that's the lesson so far. That there's some multiple lessons. There's the purpose. How, how, did you like the part of the advice of the old man where he tells him about everyone being? It was a, such a it was an a line that was like, damn, that's dope, man. That line was fire. Where he mm-hmm. talks about how everyone is born with a purpose, you know, like and, and I'm paraphrasing. I wish I would have wrote down the exact line, but he says at some point in their adolescence they forget or they or they stop trying for that purpose basically realizing that they they you know tricking themselves into believing that it, it's you're not going to reach it anyway you're not good enough but as a child we know our purpose and we yeah. literally just give up on it because it might be too challenging is pretty much what he's saying
2: 100 percent. and and you see the uh there are so many, just like you said. There, so, there, there's a whole. I wish I would have written them down because there were. I know, like, right? There were at least like five or six lines that were. I could tell why Will um, enjoyed this book so much mm-hmm. because it is very much about the, def- thus far at least, about defining what you're about and where you're heading. And we, you know, we learned basically that, that you know that's what he he did in his in his life, right. Is, is mm. He He was again, fortunate and lucky in, in a lot of ways, but then he made a bunch of deliberate decisions to, to, to build a life for himself. And this is what this book's about. It's like, you know, if you want to travel, maybe you should be a shepherd. Like it, it's a step, you know, it's a step down, but it's achieving your goal. And if that's what makes you happy, do that. And mm-hmm. that's not a perspective that is often shared in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like one of the conceits of the show, one of the things that we talk about all the time. It's like you're not doing twenty four hundred the movement to make millions of dollars. I'm mm-hmm. not starting this book trying to help comic book stores to make millions of do- dollars. Like if I was trying to make millions of dollars, I shouldn't be trying to help comic book stores. You know, I'm I'm doing it because it's exciting and it's interesting, uh, and it's achieving goals that are internal, not external. And like that approach to life is i i enjoy that orientation that i've found in life much more than previous previous views on the, on the matter from a, as a younger me
1: yeah no totally and it, you know what else like when i've read that when i'm listening to the old wise man um well actually i'm listening to the old man when when i confused the two mm. you know um when i listen to the old man and he says the line about, you know, people basically giving up on their purpose, you know, at an early age, you know, with the fear of never reaching it. Think of immediately with Flash was all the people that I know that have these hidden talents that could, you know, like they should be chasing. They should be trying to live out, but they'd rather keep them hidden and in the dark and in secret because they just don't think it's good enough. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's one of the things with my wife. I keep telling her, like, you know, like her her fears is kind of like she wants it to look a certain way because she she doesn't want it to look like it's not good enough. And I'm constantly like, no, man, you just got to leap. It's good enough. Trust me. It's good enough. What it is, it's good enough because it's your purpose. So even if right now it's not good enough, it will be because it's your purpose because you're never going to stop going at it. You know, but but eventually you have to like, you know, give it a serious try, and give it a legit chance to be able to shine out in it. And, that. and I just thought of the many people that like have talents, and they just like bury them, make them a secret thing. You know what I mean? You ever ask like people that you that you work with or whatever, and be like, you know, what do you? I, I usually ask the question like what do you do that I, I don't know like is it do you got any gift you got any like or not do you but what's your secret gift is what i've been asking a lot of people lately and you find out like these people like there's so much talent it's like why don't i know this why aren't you like introducing yourself like hey yeah and i'm like you know i'm a i'm a musician who plays like eight instruments hi i'm chris and i play eight in, eight instruments like why does it take, like... I weave handmade years? rugs. Yeah, exactly. you like, weave handmade yeah. rugs. Yeah. It's like, you should be introducing yourself in that way. But instead, it's like, hi, I'm just Chris. I just work here.
2: Yeah.
1: You know? And it's like, that thing that makes you special, you just... You never really share it with, but, like, three people secretly. You know? Like... Yeah. I, I mean...
2: I wonder – it's weird because we have this podcast and we talk, like, very openly. And then we mm-hmm. also have, like – it's funny because you call it therapy. But, like, the, the part where you and I just sort of chat very openly prior to the show. But other than that, I'm a pretty private person. Like True. Like, about a bunch of stuff. And I wonder if maybe uh, I'm missing out by – I'll have to think about it. But I wonder if I'm missing out by not saying stuff like that, right? You like, are. <laughs> you are.
1: You are. It, it. It. It's. It's. You are, and it's something my it, it, my wife is the same way, where she was like, yeah, don't say I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. And I think like, you don't have to say like, hey, I'm I'm gonna build the you know the greatest thing ever and this and that. But like, you're you're getting your L, you're doing your LLC right now, and and all of that stuffs come together, and you're you're gonna be, you know, uh, your your own business as a developer, and like, saying that you're a developer and giving credence and credibility to what your talent is, to me, I I think it's hell of important. You know what I mean? I think it's hell of important. You know what it reminds me of? You know, like in sports, people go, oh, don't don't. You don't want to wake up like the beast. Don't don't talk any trash. Don't say anything to that person because you don't want to get them going. You don't want you don't want to make them mad. And like I always thought that, that was the dumbest shit ever. You know what I mean? Like, I talk shit because it puts pressure on me. So like I'm gonna talk shit the you know all day long, and it's gonna put pressure on me. And guess what? I'm gonna play this game like my life def- depends on it because. I don't want the heat that's gonna come, cause I've been talking so much shit, like so much. Shit. I can't <laughs> come up small. I talked. I done talked so much shit. You know what I mean? And it, it's like putting your money where your mouth is. And a lot of times when you sit back, you can hide. You can. You can. You can hide. There's no. There's no pressure. There's no. You know what I mean? Like, I can just chill. But I love pressure. Every turn in my life, when there's been pressure, it's always made me better. You know, there's no pressure like fatherhood, man. When I became a father at like 19 or 20, whatever I was, I remember just like, I was just not on any track prior to that. And then like the moment I was like, she was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I went and bought a book. I'll never forget this. I went and bought a little composition book we sat down and we basically met the next like two years of our lives out at that point i was like all right we doing this and we sat down and we said we want this we're going to need this and i meant like we're both living in our parents house was like all right we gotta get a place and i'm telling you devin every one of those things happened. boom 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 down you know one at a time and it just it was like you know pressure makes diamonds man or it bursts rusty pipes and uh I, i've been a diamond every time i've had pressure every time yeah,
2: that that that's that's charlie from uh from will pressure burst pipes remember mm-hmm. yeah 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 and and it, it's um i don't know so so that's interesting i mean you know again we're a little bit out there but we were just reading a book where everything was about purpose right um uh, and what I just heard from you is that purpose was hoisted upon you Mm -hmm. in the form of pressure. You didn't, you didn't actively uh, become a father, right? Like you, you weren't like, you weren't, you guys weren't trying, Mm -mm. Um, you know, you were enjoying trying, but you know, like, and Mm -hmm. so then now you have this thing and you had to, and then you had this, this pressure and that's what shifted things for you and then you found purpose so
1: so I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious just like from how does that how does that fit for you it's a great question so that pressure didn't force me to find purpose and not yet what that pressure did was force me to provide right like it forced me to have an understanding of Providing, you know, we talked earlier about adulting. It forced me into this world of adulting and growing up. You know what I became? I became the baker. I became the baker that kept saying that for fifty years I'll be a baker for this long, and in fifty years I'm gonna travel the world. You know, travel you know, yep. I'm gonna travel the world. In fifty years, I kept saying that. I became the baker. But the one thing that's good about the baker is that while you're the baker you're also in constantly in these pressure situations right and the more pressure situations you're in the more you're learning how to navigate right the more you're finding out about yourself as well you know what i mean because i'm in these pressure situations i'm having to constantly learn about myself right and at a certain point when the fatherhood thing comes back around to purpose is as I got older, and I started to live very curiously through my children, and I started to realize, like, man, I went through a lot of stuff to be able to be a provider, but I never really got a, a, a opportunity to go seek my purpose from day one, and I realized, like, man, if I if I would have been able to focus on my purpose, you know, in the same way that I was able to focus on that whole idea of providing, like around that same time, if if I could switch that provider mentality with and, and work it with the same vigor, but change it to purpose, like where I would be now, oh my God. And now for me, like my whole purpose now in life, is like I wanna leave I want to leave something behind. I want to sacrifice my time searching for my purpose. Also, building something that my children, like my purpose, have become kind of my children. Leaving something behind a legacy, something that's more than money. I want to leave them behind a, a, a not a concept, but I would say a like mentality, a I mentality. Think. Yes. I want yeah. to leave them behind a mentality. So that's become my purpose. And that's where it comes like full circle. In the beginning, it wasn't that. In the beginning, it was just putting food on the table and roof overheads. And, you know, then over time, as I watched them grow and that became something that was more second nature now, it was like, well, this isn't enough. And then my purpose realized, like, nah, I, I need to leave behind a mentality. I need to leave behind a mindset, you know, so that and that's where we are now. That's where 2400 and all that has become now. I'm living my best life so they can see it. And hopefully. They can be the ones that works purpose with the vigor that I work, you know, providing with when they hit their twenties. That's the hopes.
2: Nice. I like it. I like
1: yeah. it. Oh, uh, what about this week? What do you got going on? Anything? Yeah, we got to turn stuff back on. Like I said before we had, you know, the, the, the COVID stuff had ramped up a little bit in our, uh, in 2400 and, you know we've been on pause just allowing everybody to get up get over the omicron and all that it, you sure. know it's running rampant but i'm hoping that things have cleared up enough where we can start actually ke- talking about doing a, a little something in january where we can get back to doing our fundraiser so we can get back to trying to you know actually succeed on doing our fundraiser to a food truck uh, in 2023 you know so um, we'll see. January's been tough. I don't. I don't know how comfortable people feel yet with with purchasing food and and all of that type stuff out of someone's someone's kitchen, with the way that COVID's been ramped up. Yeah, it's a wild. Yeah. So you know, and it it's, it's it hit close to home. So even inside of our twenty four hundred camp, we haven't been able to meet because it it's ran through a couple of our houses. So we're in. Uh, we're just basically doing phone calls and. Gathering all the data so that we can finish the year and get the tax stuff all squared away. But we haven't been able to meet. Um, I'm hoping next week things will have calmed down and we can meet. But yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah. For me, uh, this week I I reached out to JD again. Mm -hmm. Still, still got ghosted. Ah, you are good? It's okay, you know. Like, like you gotta remember. uh, So there's a couple of things, right? First is. Uh, the ideal dream is that JD wants the tool and that I can build it for him and then we can grow it, right? But I need to accept that when somebody w- – w- right? We learned this in the mom test. When somebody says, mm-hmm. oh, I, I really want this thing, and then what is it? You know, eight weeks later, I'm like, here's the thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and he's not replying. Well, that that's, that's a mom test lesson, right? Yeah. Like you're learning like, Oh, maybe maybe the thing that he says that he wants, he he doesn't actually want. So I need to uh, internalize that a little bit. um, That if the tool was actually valuable to JD, he would be replying. Right. Yeah. Um, So I need to take, take that in a little bit. I think also, um, you know, my, my sample size is one. So I'm going to, continue this week I'm going to follow up with JD again continue you know getting the tool trying to add a little more value to it make it even a little bit better and uh, if he doesn't if he continues sort of not replying I think I got to get after getting a hold of some comic book shops and really you know go, go find myself two or three beta users um, and and do the hard work of customer interviews and conversations and and all that stuff. If in fact JD doesn't keep replying, um, but we'll see. You know, um, you know, I, I, I'm not pressuring him into anything, but it's important, I think, for a, for me to keep reaching out because people are busy, um, uh-huh. and b, for me to take away the lesson that when somebody says like, "Hey, this is the thing that I really, really need," um, okay, I built it here, it is, and you don't get back to me. Maybe I need to find some. Either see if I can sell it to other beta users or, uh, you know, figure out if there's something more valuable that I need to add to it. Sure. I would say the next four weeks of this tool's life are going to be pretty interesting. There you go. You know, because yeah. it, uh, it, it's, since I made the thing, like now it's a question of uh, can I get somebody to use it? And if I can't get somebody to use it, I either have to change what I made. Um, to make it more valuable so that people want to use it change how I introduce it to people or move on
1: so we'll see how that goes well you're in you're in a you're in a great space you're you're in a great space right now in the sense of like uh you go back what is that like four books I'm trying to remember the name of it but the um the analytics books that we that we read the analytic one Bullseye had, method one is that the bullseye method yeah the yeah. bullseye method yep yeah, where they had the um what was the? Uh, they had they built the? Was it NBA or NFL? Oh oh
2: the St- the St- the Steph Curry one.
1: Yeah, that book. Yeah yeah. yeah. Where they had the uh, the hot the hand NBA. It was the hot hand, the high hand. That was the book. But the NBA, they had first introduced. I want to say it was the NBA, where they introduced um, a new metric. Remember, for uh, was it shooting? It was some something that they and then they ended up becoming a private firm for NBA teams, but they tried uh, yeah, to yeah, sell yeah, it yeah. to the NBA. The NBA were like, ah, they didn't, we don't they know. didn't want it. It was the, it was the
2: company that was like tracking every shot. And yeah, that's where it, it was. went yeah. on the court.
1: Exactly, and then instead of it being an NBA thing, it ended up being a team thing. And I think the Mavs, the Mavs uh, were, the, Mark the Mavs Cuban. and the Warriors were like the yeah, first two first teams two to do teams. it. And now instead of the NBA them being in it having the nba on it they now are private consultants and in a a private firm for like all but i think two of the teams in the nba and i think the last like it was the year the mavs i think won the finals because they had said like the last like like it was like eight out of the last ten championship teams were all using this metric and had it a part of their organization so you know, that's one of the lessons learned. Like sometimes you build one thing for one person and the next thing you know, it's much bigger than what it was supposed to, what you thought it was. Yeah,
2: exactly. And that, the, that, the the you have to be willing to pivot, right? I mean, that yes. I mean this is all the stuff that we that we spent time reading about. So, I'm not stressed about it. You know, I'm trying to take it intellectually. I mean, it's it's relatively easy to take it in stride and be like, if the customer's not responding to you, there's a reason. Mm. Either your sales pitch is wrong or your tool sucks. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess, or the customer is the wrong customer. So those are there's three reasons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. For sure, for sure.
2: Yeah. All right, well. All right, well, uh, where can people find us, Vernon?
1: Hey, you can check us out at Um, or you can search us on all your social media platforms at the Process is Black and white. We'll come
0: right up.
2: All right, talk to you next week.
1: Yeah, you got it, bro.
0: And that's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Process is Black and White. Come join us next week where the journey continues on the road to successful entrepreneurship. For further information, go to www.theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Any views or opinions represented on this podcast do not constitute financial advice or any other advice. Vernon and Devin inspire you to conduct your own due diligence before making any personal financial decisions.